Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with S and M. Hey. Hi. Hey. You ready this time? <laughs> now you just decided to start the podcast. I started the podcast. I was to the dog. I started the podcast after the sound check, and he was like, "You should be a goddamn professional." And stopped it. Another five star Sean impression. Those were three fingers you just <laughs> you put up. So. <laughs> what does that mean? That's an okay symbol. It's the AOK symbol. But it's not five stars. So. so why did you give me three fingers and a five star review? That's what is this what you're supposed to do? That's a five star just, review. AOK five stars. Yeah. Go. So yeah, I I after sound check we start recording. <laughs> and when I did, Sean was like, Be a goddamn professional. We're that's not how we do it. That's what he does. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like, Burp-a-dops. That's my Sean impression. You work on your impressions. No, I don't. Yeah. N- do your it. Yoda impression. I'm Yoda. <laughs> that's, not, you need, that's not even your Yoda impression. <laughs> that's my Yoda that's the same impression. same level of accuracy, but it, that is not your Yoda impression. I'm Yoda. I'm Yoda. You can't even go Phil Yoda, D-D. I am. <laughs> I'm not very good at impressions in, for, of Yoda. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. So I watched Rawhead reviews this week. Oh, yeah, you did. That's the thing you did. Mark. Well, Mark. Mark, uh, who is... Uh, Doing the, the bulk of the work behind the scenes, the editing and all that good stuff. Uh, we launched that with our review of Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. It's on the YouTubes. Go give it a subscribe. That would be fantastic. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Smash that like button. Uh, and our, our next review is for Dr. Sleep. Mark is a huge Kubrick nut. He has studied Stanley Kubrick, so his opinion, his thoughts on Dr. Sleep are interesting. Forthcoming, if depending on what, when he actually puts that video yeah, on. Yeah, it might, it might be up by the time this is up. It might not be, but it'll be up soon, if, if not. And then our next movie will be The Lighthouse, which Maggie's going to go see with me. It is the second movie from director Robert Eggers, who did the movie The Witch, which was a good horror movie about Black Phillip, the goat. Mm-hmm. Very cute goat with some ulterior motives <laughs> like goats have. <laughs> you know how goats get up to shit. Yeah. And it wasn't just to eat your food, like you might suspect. But we're going to go see that instead of Ford versus Ferrari, which looks like a movie that doesn't interest either of us, me or Mark, because we're not into race car movies about multi-millionaires building faster cars because somebody said something mean that, that's that's what they conveyed I in the trailer fast like the ferrari guy was like fords are crap and ford was like well fuck you we'll build a fast car and then the whole movie is about them trying to make a faster ford and i couldn't be less interested in a movie like that so i, I just i don't care i just it's don't know so, how you make that interesting i feel like what in every cut there was like, ah, oh, not fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there, but not quite. Oh, he wrecked. He wrecked this uh, car. Did Sad. You, did you try going faster? Yeah. Well, maybe this time we just try getting their car to go slower. <laughs> like, let's let's yeah, take that's, off. That's let's, the whole movie. Let's just get some paint and change their speedometer so they think they're going slower. And then the, the new Charlie's Angels reboot comes out, which obviously is not 
This might be our demo. I don't feel like is appropriate in, at my age for them to have already rebooted that. Well, if you consider, I mean, I think Spider-Man holds the record, though, for. Yeah, for amount earliest of reboots. Re, re, not amount of, just, I think uh, Spider-Man 3 came out in, like, 2007. Then by, like, what, 2012? They had already rebooted it. <laughs> it was, like, five years later they rebooted it. And then they've it done it again. Or something. And, yeah, they've rebooted since then. So at least it's been quite a while since the other Char- Charlie's Angels movie. But again, that's Mark or I. Mark and I have no interest in that, obviously. And I, I don't think our our viewers uh, are interested either. The most and of- what's cool about your channel is that it's like 10, 12 minute videos, you know. It's nice well, the short. first one is I don't know how long this this one for Dr. Sleep might be longer. His first edit was only it was down to 30 minutes, but he was cutting it down from there. So we shall see. You guys just have a lot to say. Yeah. Lots to say. Coming back to it. That was a fun one because we didn't know each other's reaction to the movie. We didn't see the movie at the same time. You didn't go together. And we purposely he wanted to withhold it and have. He's not coming to see Lighthouse with us, is he? Yeah, he'll be there. Oh, he is coming with us. Yeah. Oh, him, him and Lauren will be, we're, we're meeting up with them. Oh. It's only playing at, at Valley View. I'm excited for that one, though. It's not only playing at Valley View. We can go to Cedar Lee. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Valley View, I, I, I'm part of their movie rewards program. That, I had two free true. tickets. That's Why true. not? True. Truth. Oh, Sam is rubbing up on the mics. Come on, dogs. Lay All your right, ass. Kelly, you lay down. But yeah, so, I had reviews. If you're interested in, in movie reviews, we've... We're, we're going to be getting better and better. Yeah, so it's different than our stuff because it's not like the behind the scenes of yeah, old it's, it's, movies it's, and stuff. It's more like Sean and Mark sharing thoughts. And it's it's really edited down, and there, he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff with the editing that I really like. Yeah, he does a lot of editing to it. Lots, like he's, lots of editing with you know trailers footage and and uh take a look at their logos see what you think maggie designed her logo i love her logo we've already had people asking for t-shirts of it which is cool yeah because um, they like already have an audience it's, well yeah thanks is, to mark yeah mark mr chimera which is awesome yeah so they already have an audience and they're like yeah it's the t-shirts and i was like that's weird but yeah it's a lot of fun our biggest inspiration for both of us we both cited Siskel and Ebert as what we wanted to do. Meaning, you know, two guys, short, snappy reviews of things. But it who knows? It's gonna evolve over time and change. But uh, did either one of you wanna be Siskel? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. We didn't I don't think anybody volunteered. We did talk about doing costumes for next October. And you're both gonna be Ebert? Because nobody wants to be <laughs> That would Cisco. be really funny, though. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's like a spoiler now. If we both show up as, like, Siskel or Eber, and like, I thought you were going to be Eber. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're both sitting there with, like, ball nobody, caps on. Nobody wants to be Siskel. Yeah. Like, don't like, hate on Siskel. I like Ebert better, but don't be mean to Siskel. Good old Gene Siskel. Yeah, nobody really liked him, though. But yeah, we got a lot of costume ideas for next October. Yeah. I don't want to share them here, though. Well... So. I mean, now... Well, yeah, Cisco and Ebert's just a possibility, but we have both other... Both being Ebert would be hilarious. Right. Oh, my God. You could be the, the fucking heckling Muppets. Waldorf and Statler. Yeah. 
That'd be that'd be fucking hilarious. Nobody would notice though if we just showed up in tuxedos. What <laughs> do people you get just, it? You just look like you guys. Maybe we we uh we could like green screen in a balcony or something. You're right. You're already you're already fucking on a bunch of whiny bitches, so no one would notice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. That, that's me. <laughs> I'm more of the, the fucking heckling Muppet vibe. <laughs> that's more that's more my shtick. All right. Well, thanks for promoting our show. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, that's more my vibe, truly. I'd I'd play both both characters in that scenario. Oh, we we love Waldorf and Tyler though. He sent me that those we we literally have we have very similar tastes. So we were sending each other stuff before when, during the conceptualization phase, and like we sent Cisco and Ebert Waldorf and Statler. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh we, of course we're fans of Waldorf and Statler. We're well that's more we're Gen that, Xers, man. He won't yeah. admit it. He calls himself a Zennial, but I told him a Zennial is just a term Which that, is ridiculous because he's older than me. So <laughs> calm down. But Zennial is a term for millennials who do not identify as millennials. Yeah. <laughs> they, or they do not want to be called millennials. They call themselves Zennials. He's a... yeah. But he's always six months younger than me, so it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's a that's a Sam, battle that will go on. Sam, I don't know what you're doing. But I don't like it, and I need you to stop. He just wants your attention. So anyway, what do you have for us this week? Oh, you want me to go first? You always go first. I Ladies do always first. go first. All right. We talked about this last week. It was, <sighs> it was our couple goal tip of the week. No, oh, was it? Oh, Thanks. I just opened our grocery list instead of my docs. <laughs> um, I have hot dogs and hot dog buns. I already forgot that you opened a grocery list. I'm like, oh, I know a little bit about this and why hot dog buns exist. I read this in a childcraft book. I have some expertise here. <laughs> no. You're like, hot dogs, lips and assholes. I know all about this. I've taught so, in... I do know how hot dog buns. Did I ever tell you how hot dog buns came to be, according to the child craft books? No. Do you want to know? Kind of. So, like, hot dog vendors would give people, like, these little white gloves, and then people would forget to give them back. They were, sp- they were, supposed, they were to supposed to, like... Just hold the hot dog and eat it in their hands. And you were, these were reused gloves that yeah, you were supposed to... Yeah, and people wouldn't acceptable. return the gloves, and there was, like, a bakery, so he went in there... And I can't remember if he like he asked the dude to make him hot dog shaped bread or something or, or how or if he bought, you know, little little loaves of bread or something. But that's, that's some hot dog vendor. Was, he was because tired of, of the, his gloves not being returned to the him. fucking hot dog eating gloves. Yeah. Like fabric gloves for hot that's dog eating. not acceptable. I don't want somebody used hot dog eating gloves. <laughs> it was back then, though. People were still getting polio and shit. It was yeah, fine. Yeah, probably from the hot dog eating gloves. <laughs> Like, that's how you get the polios. So, no, that was a grocery list thing that's on the grocery. Someone added that to the grocery list. Wasn't me. Probably you. Probably. So my topic this week is actually. Yeah. I have a hard time with the name, which makes the topic a little hard because it's minute bowl. You said an M sound. It's Mirin. Dikembe Mutombo? No. When I start trying to say the name, why you got to talk over <laughs> me? Oh, I'm using my phone and I'm getting notifications. Uh, Mirin Karimi, Karimi, uh, Mirin Karimi Nasiri. Okay. How do you, what are the initials for that? Can you just use the initials from now on? Oh, I'm just going to use his last name, Nasiri. Okay. So his story well, the beginning Are you of the history, you're saying his story, his story. Oh, okay, I thought you were being pompous. Is 
is hard to trace. So even even Nasseri has claimed different origins to the beginning of the story throughout time. But what we know to be true is for almost 18 years, he sat with his belongings at his side in a terminal at the Paris airport. For 18 years? For 18 years. And his story inspired the Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal. Oh, I was thinking of Forrest Gump, but okay. Like the bench? You like no. sitting on that bench talking about chocolates? No. <laughs> so, he was born in Iran in 1943, and he traveled to the United Kingdom in 1973 to study at the University of Bradford. As a student, he participated in protests against Shah Reza Pahlavi, uh -huh. and he was the last king of Iran, or last Shah of Iran. Iran? Iran. Iran. Iran? Iran? Iran. Iran. It's the same place. Same goddamn place. Just depends how you pronounce it. Tomato, tomato, motherfucker. Nobody says tomato. I do. <laughs> no, no it's, I don't know where that... Potato, potato. You know, pick up some potatoes while you're out. <laughs> it was on the grocery list, oh, I just checked. I sure do love them french fried potatoes. <laughs> I checked the list. It said you wanted some potatoes <laughs> to go with the tomato sauce. You're right. So when he returned to Iran, is that Ir better? Iran. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't even know if I'm correct. I'm just correcting you. <laughs> that might be wrong, too. I thought it was Iran. In 77. It's Iraq and Iran. You don't, you don't say Iraq. You say Iraq, right? Solid as a rock. No. So anyway. Um, in 77, Nasseri said that he was imprisoned and exiled for anti-government activities. So he requested political asylum from Iran. OK. After being denied by capitals across Europe for four years, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in Belgium finally gave him, gave him official refugee status in 1981. So his refugee cr credentials allowed him to seek citizenship in a European country. He claimed his mother was British, and after spending years in Belgium, he decided in 1986 to settle in the UK. Okay. So he traveled to London via Paris in 1988. It makes sense that Tom Hanks would play this guy. <laughs> so, right, the guy from Iran? Yeah. Iran? Iran? <laughs> iron iron <sighs> the story in much of Nasari's documented history gets murky at this point so he asserted that his briefcase containing his refugee documents were stolen on a train in paris so when he arrived at london's heathrow airport passport control sent him back to france initially he was arrested by french police at this point but his entry into the airport was actually legal so he was then released however he couldn't leave the airport <laughs> so you see the problem yeah so he's released in the airport but I they're like like a romantic spin on it he was waiting for tom, somebody to show up <laughs> yeah tom hanks that, had, i never saw the tom terminal. hanks was spent the whole time trying to woo Catherine zeta jones because he couldn't leave the airport so he did was you just see like, this movie no i was like when did you see the terminal you never I, watch movies without I, me i didn't oh I, okay i read the synopsis when i was doing oh, this okay. research so with no paperwork or no country of origin to return to his residence in, in Terminal 1 in France's 
Charles de Gulliliu. I don't know what you're saying. The whole last sentence, I don't know what you're talking about now. You've so his me. residency be began in oh, his okay. airport, is my point. I was trying to say the name of it, but it's fucking French. Okay. So, it's French. Oh. French. French. So his stay went on from days to weeks to years. And with his luggage by his side, with literally all of his belongings, because he was relocating. Yeah. He spent his time reading, studying economics, and chronol chronicling his okay, experience. Wait, wait, wait. How did he eat? Where do you... I'm going to fucking tell you. Oh, okay. Well, these are the thoughts I'm having. So he chronicled <laughs> his experience. get mad at me. I'm sorry for becoming engaged in your story. I'll be quiet now. He had a diary of over a thousand pages. And he... <laughs> He's a diarrhea. Sorry. Well, he probably did have some. He did because he he regularly ate at McDonald's that was in the food court, and he would roll his Pall Mall cigarettes. Oh, that's essential. Okay, so this guy was loaded, buying <laughs> cigarettes. Well, he didn't have any bills. But you don't have any income though either. But all the income that you've uh, like all of your money. Yeah. You don't have to pay any bills. You have no bills except for your food. So whatever money you have I in the like bank. They wouldn't let people do that in an American airport. Right. They wouldn't let you just right. you take just a residency there. in an airport. But like all the money that you have in the bank, you never have to pay another bill out of. Hmm. Because you don't have cell phones that, or anything. That, I, I could get by for probably about right. two months. <laughs> I'm lucky. So he ate McDonald's and the airport employees got used to him. Being there, they started to see him as a staple and they would just bring him newspapers and food. So he started to be fed by the employees. So he kept himself well groomed. He washed in the in the men's restroom and he would send his clothes off to the dry cleaners that were also in the airport. Because that's how airports are, you know. Sure. So his case was noticed because people started to take notice of this guy who'd been living there for like years. Yeah, I would think so. By a French human rights lawyer. So the lawyer in 1992 took it to court, obviously, and the French courts ruled that having entered the country legally, he could not be expelled from the airport. But they would also not grant him permission to enter France. So they were like, fucking stay there. So oh. attempts were then made to have new documents issued from Belgium, but the authorities would only do so if he would present himself in person. So in 1995, Belgian authorities granted him permission to travel back to Belgium, but only if he agreed to do so under supervision of a social worker. He refused because he said he was trying to go to the UK and that's the only place he was willing to travel to. So in 1999, Belgian, the Belgian government agreed to send him his paper through the mail and um, the French authorities gave him residence, a residency permit. Hmm. But the bargain did not go well with Nasseri. He said he thought the papers were fake because back in Heathrow in 1981, he was given papers that said Sir Alfred Mirren, which was and he had British nationality written on it. And the papers that he received in 1999 had his original name and had him listed as Iranian. Iranian. I don't think that's right. <laughs> so in 19 or I'm sorry, in 2003, Spielberg's DreamWorks production company paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the guy for the rights to his story. But they ended up not using any of that in the terminal. <laughs> it was like, this is boring as hell. It's about right. some dude 
who shaves in an airport bathroom and eats McDonald's all the fucking time. Right. Simply signing the papers, though, from from Belgium and and having his name legally changed after seemed like the reasonable solution. But as it turns out, living in an airport for many years um, takes a psychological toll on a person. Yeah. So the attorney said that Nasari was quite lucid in the telling of a story, but that over time he had become free of logic. So his story kept changing. And one mm. time Nasari said he was Swedish. And when the attorney asked how he got from Sweden to Iran, he said, oh, by submarine. Yeah. So his stay at the airport ended in July of 2016 when he was hospitalized. Mm. Or I'm sorry, 2006. Sorry. Like, Good God. No, 2006, when he was hospitalized and they dismantled his sitting place. <laughs> They're like, he's gone. Take down the bench. Wow. Toward the end of July 2007, he left the hospital. And he's been he um, he was looked after by the airport's branch, the airport's branch of the French Red Cross. He was lodged for a few weeks at a hotel close to the airport. And in March of 20, uh, 2007, rather, he was transferred to a charity center in Paris. And he has been living in a parish shelter since 2008. He identifies as stateless. Hmm. He says he, he renounced his uh, Iranian citizenship. So he has nothing now. But he's living in Paris. They let him. I mean, he got around it. That's weird. Isn't it? That's a yeah, that is weird. It's a guy who lived in an airport for 18 years. Yeah, that would not fly in America. That's and, not an airport joke. Uh, but <laughs> but it wouldn't. <laughs> they would not fly in America. I make unintentional jokes. For instance, when I was doing my review for Dr. Sleep with Mark. At one point, I said something was overlooked, and yeah, I didn't, and I didn't even catch the it. Overlook the Overlook Hotel, and yeah. like he immediately was like, called me thing, out thing, on it. Thing. I was like, I that was not intentional. I was not doing a thing. I was just using the word overlooked. Oh, yeah. Do that. You're like wordplay. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's was completely unintentional. All right. I see. Well, that was that was interesting. That was a it weird was, little story, right? Yeah, it was it wasn't a murder. And he's still alive, huh? Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's just living in a I mean, he might be dead. It's been 11 years and of living in a shelter in Paris. All right, so this week I'm going to get into well, I'll just start what I have written here. I'm going to talk about Marvel's first family. Do you know who that is? No. Better known as the Fantastic Four. They're known oh, as Marvel. Fuck them. You put them on. <laughs> you put that movie fuck on today. Said. Fuck them. Fuck the Fantastic Four, says Maggie. <laughs> Bastards. I hate them. <laughs> who hates the Fantastic Four? Anyone who's seen that fucking terrible movie. That's not really what I'm going to talk. We'll talk about the movies later, but I still want to get into it. The Fantastic about- Four are essential in the Marvel Universe, and we wouldn't have the Marvel Universe as we know it without them. So and I think they kind of get overlooked. Due to the fact that they suck? Uh, 
no, because, <laughs> because they are a little, they, they can seem dated, but I think if, if you read some certain writers takes on them, uh, you, you know, that they really, they write some really good stories. No, but I think due to their costumes, Deleted. I don't, I don't, they have like, like, you know, this. the blue spandex with the four on them and stuff. They can look a little cheesy and I get that, but when uh, they give Jessica Alba blonde hair. Again, you're you're going back to the movies. You gotta you gotta get that out of your head. That's not it's not the Fantastic Four. The I mean, it kind of is, but the commission is like the Rock character, whatever the fuck his name was. The thing. The thing. You know, that's how I discovered the Fantastic Four is is the commission. No, this was long before that. So before I loved the commission. Before my mom brought the axe down on everything good and fun in my life. Was we were, that a Shining reference? No, <laughs> it's not doing shiny references. Oh, okay. It's not a thing I'm doing. I'm just checking. Uh, we, we were we were going to a Halloween party, and I have very vivid memories of this. And I, I don't I don't think I picked my Halloween costume. I just remember putting it on, and I remember talking to my sister about it, trying to figure out what it was. And what it, <laughs> it was one of those Ben Cooper costumes, right? That smells like a garbage bag, and yeah, and looks like a garbage it's, bag. It's vinyl. So mine was. The thing. I was the thing for Halloween and I didn't know who that was and I was so confused. I was like like what thing? You know what I mean? It was like it was like a who's on first. I'm like the thing. What that's his name? That's it? He's just the the thing. That's that's the whole thing. I'm I'm the thing. I'm made out of orange rocks and I had like the picture of him on the chest. But it's I had the mask. time. And I didn't know and that's that's my first memory of the Fantastic Four. That's my first exposure that I remember is wearing a Halloween costume that I'm pretty sure I did not pick out and trying to figure out what the hell I was for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Someone has dressed me up. <laughs> I'm the and thing, I, I guess. Like, I can I get a different name? Can it be like Spider Thing or something? Like, I, yeah, I was like, I was... Because I knew superheroes. I knew and the mainstream ones. You didn't know you ones. were part of the first family. No, I did not. I was just oh. some orange rock dude called so the I thing. So I stand by my original fuck them because kids <laughs> didn't even want to be them. <laughs> like uh, It was just me. I didn't have that exposure at that age. And it did not come with any kind of backstory like Benjamin Grimm, best friend to Reed Richards. You know, it didn't have Which any of that. It wouldn't have mattered anyway because nobody fucking It would have helped me a lot, man. I would have been like, oh, he's Ben Grimm. He got turned into the thing. And they didn't know what else to call them. And they're not creative people. So they called them the thing. <laughs> no, like, I would have been like you. You wouldn't have been like, oh, me. I'm Ben Grimm. You didn't yeah. know who Ben Grimm was. But no, if I would had that story that he used to be human, I didn't know anything about what I was. I don't even think I knew that he was a Marvel Universe character. Like I don't uh, I knew. Like I said, I knew the Hulk. I knew Spider-Man, Captain America, Batman, you know, just your basic it, characters. It didn't say always getting shit on by Johnny Storm. Right. <laughs> like just get I was just like, constant, I'm, I'm an orange rock guy. I'm the thing. Constantly getting shit on. And I, I probably came up with my own backstory. But yeah, I, I didn't understand what his powers were. Uh, I, I yeah, it was, it's just orange rocks. He's <laughs> living orange rocks. Like, oh, just what I always wanted to be. All right. So anyway. Yes, the Fantastic Four were created in 1961. They debuted in November of that year. They were created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. This was Oof. their first collaboration. Again, this is why this is very important. They should have tried harder. And pretty much the beginning of the Marvel Universe, although later on they would rope in some characters that Jack Kirby had created with some other folks like uh, Captain America and Namor. But Fantastic Four was really the beginning of the Marvel Universe as we know it. So 
their style of collaboration would go on to become known as the Marvel Method. Have you heard this term in comics, the Marvel Method? Do I look like I would have heard that term in comics? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what? Yes. Oh, then then let me clarify. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> like... All right, so the Marvel Method was very simply, it was just where the writer would come up with a story synopsis, and then the artist would draw the artwork for the entire story based on that synopsis, give the writer the artwork, who would then pencil in all the captions and dialogue. That's the Marvel method. No, you're giving me big eyes. Is there confusion? No. Is there concern? Just, I just feel like there should be more collaboration than that. But. No, that, and that's kind of that's kind of how they do it now. Like, uh, the the writer comes up with stuff. He, you know, he, he, you need these story beats. And then the artist, who has, you know, the well, bulk of the job, they have to basically be but, the cinematographer, the director. Well, yeah, now, but they're not creating new characters for that now. They're still creating new characters. Are they creating like characters that people know? Like what new characters have been created that are like memorable and are about to be classics? Like in the past, what? Like in the past 10 years, five years? What five. You, in the past five years. Invincible's pretty recent. I don't think he's, I think he's older than five years, though. So. Never heard of him. That is not true. I have talked about Robert Kirkman created Invincible, the guy who created Walking Dead, and there's there's about to be an Amazon series, so you will hear a lot about Invincible coming up. All right. Well, it was a um, choice. To no, tune people you out. people do create new stuff all the time, um, and I'm old and out of touch, so I don't have my finger on that pulse. Unfortunately, I I stick to my classics that I know. I guess I wanted to know what was created new with the Marvel method. Okay, the goon is fairly recent. With the Marvel method, because I oh, thought no, that no, was no. He's a I thought that no. was Eric oh, Powell no, I didn't creating say that's it by how, himself. No, no, no. I'm not saying the Marvel method is how comics are new characters are created. I'm just saying that's Marvel for years. That's how they have people do the stories. Like you, you have a writer. If you have a writer and an artist, then the writer comes up with everything. But he doesn't like write every single thing out like a book. He oh, just, I thought you said that's how they created them. Yeah, I said their style of collaboration was known oh, as the, as the oh. Marvel method. I thought I thought that's how they were created. And I was like, that's not I feel like they need to do more to flesh out a character than that. So the Marvel method became standard at the publisher within a year. OK. All right. So the Fantastic Four, the four individuals traditionally associated with the Fantastic Four, they gain their superpowers after exposure to cosmic rays during a scientific mission to outer space. I know. <laughs> Telling listener. Listener Listen. knows. Not every listener Everybody knows. Everybody knows about the Fantastic Four. Well, I, I can't just go over their origin. Not everybody's seen that terrible movie. Everybody uh, has. Did you know the Fantastic Four origin before that movie? Yes. Before the 2005 movie? Yes. I don't believe you. I did. <laughs> you did not. I sure did. No, you did not. I had I'd read that comic book from 1961. <laughs> you read that? I have it. Do you? Uh-huh. Okay, well, we're about to sell that shit and end this I podcast already, I, right now. <laughs> like, sorry, guys. We're about to sell the first issue of Fantastic Four. I do. I had it. We'll CGC never talk graded. to you again. I had it CDC graded. It's a fucking 9.6. I gotta go. <laughs> All right. So their names, Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards. <laughs> Fuck. He was a scientific genius. He's the leader of the group. He can stretch his body into... You could tell by his name. He's the leader. Into incredible lengths and shapes, you have the Invisible Girl, later known as the Invisible Woman. That Damn is, straight. That is Susan Storm. Try to take away her power by calling her the girl. It was 1961. Calm down. <laughs> and they were young. 1961. Was, 
back when sanitary pads had belts attached to them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Men were like, this works, right? This is good. <laughs> you like this? There are a bunch of snaps. And you have to wear a fucking belt. Like, this is fine. This is fine for you. This is a really funny Saturday Live sketch about that. Uh, anyway, uh, she eventually married Reed Richards. She can render herself invisible and project powerful invisible force fields. Then you have yeah, I know. I saw the, the Human Torch. Johnny Storm. Johnny who is, Storm. Sue's, his sister is, is Sue. Sue's younger brother. Yeah. He can generate flames, surround himself with them, and fly. And then you have... He also have, picks on, on Ben Grimm a lot. Right. You have Ben Grimm, who is Thing, or The Thing. I was probably confused about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so which is Dude, he? we should do Thing 1 and Thing 2, but we'll both just be orange rock monsters. <laughs> There and there, we'll be, and we'll be like different versions of them, like from from uh from Fantastic Four one and two. Well, no, we should do we should do like Fantastic Four because in the comics he just wears like little blue shorts. Oh, in the movie he wears pants. However, in the 2015 Fantastic Four movie, totally nude. Ooh. So we could do a nude thing. So yeah, I thought that was a really pants. strange choice. One of us will be in pants, and one of us will be nude. Yeah. <laughs> Just be new. People think to. I'm, I'm like, I like that. That's funny. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. And Ben Grimm, he is the grumpy but benevolent friend. He is a former college football star, and he was Reed's college roommate, and he was also a good pilot. He possesses tremendous superhuman strength, durability, and endurance due to his stone makeup. Played by the commish. Played by Michael Chiklis in the 2005 and 2007 movies. Commish. All right, so since 1961, Fantastic Four have been portrayed as a somewhat dysfunctional yet loving family. Breaking convention with other comic book archetypes of the time, they would squabble and hold grudges both deep and petty and eschewed... Eschewed? Yeah, eschewed, that's right. They say eschewed. Eschewed? <laughs> I don't know, I've gone French. Go French! Eschewed. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm like, potato. <laughs> potato. And skewed anonymity or secret identities in favor of celebrity status. The team is also well known for its recurring encounters with characters such as the villainous monarch Doctor Doom, one of the greatest villains in comics who has never been done justice in a goddamn movie. <laughs> you said monarch, all I could think. <laughs> I was, am the monarch. I was like, Doctor Girlfriend? Yeah. I was like, who? The monarch. Who's here? <sighs> also battling the planet devouring Galactus, which I can't wait to see Galactus in the Marvel Universe. I to feel like that's going to be the next planets and feel like, oh, <laughs> like you thought Thanos was bad. This guy eats planets. He sends a silver surfer. Silver surfer shows up, looks around is like, OK, he's the herald of Galactus. But he, he feels deep anguish about his role. But he, he becomes the herald because uh, when Galactus shows up and I just learned this from John recently, I didn't, I didn't know this. Uh, this is, sounds really dumb, just so we're he, on the same page. He saves his whole planet by becoming Galactus's herald. That's why he does it, and, uh, to save his planet. But and so instead, he sends billions of other planets to their deaths because Galactus is hungry. But he's silver, and he rides a surfboard? Yes. Yes, him. <laughs> okay. That's it. Just checking. Yeah, that's what happens just when you create characters in the 60s and the Beach Boys are around. <laughs> silver Surfer, dude! Hang to like, everybody's going silver surfing. Yes. All right, cool. Uh, also, the Kree Empire's ruthless and tyrannical enforcer, Ronan the Accuser, who whom we've met in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, my favorite character, who's I don't remember at all. 
and uh, Annihilus, <laughs> ruler of the negative zone, and of course, the negative Prince, zone. Prince I, well, I, I can live in the negative zone sometimes. <laughs> I'll probably be better after my surgery. And the sweet sea dwelling prince Namor, who's basically Marvel's Aquaman, but he's actually a lot more entertaining because he's a total douchebag. At one Namor. point, he was married to Sue Storm too. All right. Sue Storm, goddamn. All right, so legend has it that in 1961, longtime magazine and comic book publisher Martin Goodman was playing golf with either Jack Leibovitz or Erwin Donenfeld of Who? rival company DC Comics, then oh. known as National Periodical Publications, and that the top executive bragged about DC's success with the new superhero team Justice League of America. So while film producer and comics historian Michael Uslan has debunked the particulars of that story... Goodman, a publishing trend follower aware of the Justice League of America's strong sales, did direct his comics editor, Stan Lee, to create a comic book series about a team of superheroes. According to Lee, in 1974, he wrote, Martin mentioned that he had noticed one of the titles published by National Comics seemed to be selling better than most. It was a book called Justice League of America, and it was composed of a team of superheroes. If the Justice League is selling, why don't we put out a comic book that features a team of superheroes? Oh, because that's dumb. So, <laughs> because that's dumb? Yeah. So Lee, The Avengers would never sell. Right. So Lee, who had served as editor-in-chief and art director of Marvel Comics and its predecessor companies, Timely Comics and Atlas Comics, for two decades, found that the medium had become creatively restricted. Determined to carve a real career for myself in the nowhere world of comic books, Stan Lee quote, uh, which continues, for just this once, I would do the type of story I myself would enjoy reading, and the characters would be the kind of characters I could personally re relate to. They'd be flesh and blood, they'd have their faults and foibles, they'd be fallible and feisty, and most important of all, inside their colorful, colorful costume booties, they'd still have feet of clay. And they're, oh, booties like shoes. Yeah. I was like, is he talking about their butt? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Lee said that he created that synopsis of the Fantastic Four story that he then gave to penciler Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby recalled events somewhat differently. In a 1990 interview, Kirby was challenged with Lee's version of the events, and Kirby responded saying, I would say that's an outright lie. Oh. Yeah. Although the interviewer, Gary Groff, notes that this statement needs to be viewed with caution. Kirby claims he came up with the idea for the Fantastic Four in Marvel's offices and that Lee had merely added the dialogue after the story had been penciled. Kirby also also sought to establish more credibly and on numerous occasions that the visual elements of the strip were his conceptions. He regularly pointed to a team he had created for rival publisher DC Comics in the 1950s when he worked over there. The team was called the Challengers of the Unknown. Kirby says, quote, that's so popular. That's my favorite comic. Anyway, book. If you notice stuff. the uniforms, they're the same. I always give them a skin tight uniform with a belt. The challengers and the Fantastic Four have a minimum of decoration. And of course, the thing skin is a kind of decoration, breaking up the monotony of the blue uniform. The chest insignia of a four within a circle, however, was designed by Lee. Uh, the characters wear no uniforms in the first two issues of Fantastic Four. All right. So given the conflicting statements, outside commentators have found it hard to identify with precise detail who created the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's how it works. And then I had some other stuff here. But I feel like that's how it always goes with these old ass yes. characters. <laughs> yes. They're always like, no, I definitely did it all by myself. All right. And like this guy walked in and was just like, give it a belt. And I was like, that's all he did. He just said, give it a belt. And then I did everything else all by myself. 
So, comics historian R.C. Harvey believes that the Fantastic Four was a furtherance of the work Kirby had been doing previously, and so more likely Kirby's creations than Lee's. But Harvey notes that the Marvel method of collaboration allowed each man to claim credit, and that Lee's dialogue added to the direction the team took. Uh, Wells. From what I've Earl heard, Wells, though, like, Stanley kind of was a... He dicked over some people. He was Arti- not. He dicked over artists a lot. I mean, he's... He's dead, so you're supposed to be like, he was just the um, best because he's dead. Well, I love like, everybody loves Stan Lee, and nobody will ever take that away from him. But yeah, a comic book artist got dicked over by Stan Lee. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. There's yeah. a lot of artists, Steve Ditko, the co-creator of Spider-Man and stuff, that left Marvel. And yeah, yeah you don't hear a lot of fond stories of, of Stan Lee when he was younger. Yeah. Um, People right. seem to like old Stan Lee, though. Oh, yeah. So Earl Wells argues that it was Lee's contributions which set the framework within which Kirby worked, and this made Lee more responsible. However, comics historian Mark Ivanier, a studio assistant to Jack Kirby in the 1970s, says that the, con- the considered opinion of Lee and Kirby's contemporaries was that the Fantastic Four was created by Stan and Jack. No further division of credit seemed appropriate. And I feel like that's fair. Yeah. It's Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and it... It does kind of Stanley did seem like he wanted to take a lot of credit for what stuff, but credit like, do you actually get anything other than credit yeah, nowadays? No. And back then, like Marvel owned it, so it didn't matter. But then who cares? Well, the reason it mattered back then and this I'm going off my script here, but they're, from what I understand it. So he was the editor, right? He could also collect a salary as a writer. Oh, that's, so he so got that's more kind money. Of why he was trying to. Yeah. And I think I think writers Though I think writers and artists deserve the same amount of credit, I also, and as someone who does write, I feel like artists deserve a lot more. Because I feel like their work is a lot harder. And again, the writer is like the guy who writes the screenplay for the movie. And then the artist is like the director, the cinematographer, right. the cameraman. You know what I mean? He has so many other things that yeah. he, that, whereas the screenwriter is just like, oh yeah, and everybody says this and then they'll have this fight here. And then a lot of writers, some writers will script out a fight. Other writers will be like, big fight scene. And then, right. And then it's up to somebody else to figure out the fight scene. Right. But again, I, I think both are equally But a bad director though. can totally fuck up a good screenplay. Exactly. Like, so it can, it can totally. You can have bad artists, you can have bad writers. Right. And, and one can help the other though too. If you have one's good and one's lame. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, the release of Fantastic Four number one back in November of 1961 was an unexpected success. Lee yeah, I got that. <sighs> Lee had felt ready to leave the comics field at the time, but the positive response to Fantastic Four persuaded him to stay on, which is great because he created Spider-Man like a year later. Uh, the title began to receive fan mail and Lee started printing the letters in a letter column with issue number three. Also with the third issue, Lee created the hyperbolic slogan, the greatest comic magazine in the world. They put on on Fantastic Four. That's that's very that, that runs on some issues still. Jesus Christ. And it became a fixture on the issue covers into the 1990s and on numerous covers in the 2000s. So. Fantastic Four. Let's talk movies. Oh, I feel like we already did. In 1994, Roger Corman was tasked with creating a Fantastic Four movie. And there is a documentary about it called Doomed that you can watch on Amazon Prime. Is it a bit about Victor Von Doomed? No, it's just the movie never got released. Oh, Roger, I feel I, like that should have been the I title. I don't know if you know who Roger Corman is, but he's known for making just like super low budget movies. Like that was his niche. That's what people know him for. That's what he did. And do you remember season four of Arrested Development? With, yes. 
with that's uh, what maria yeah with uh and david cross is running around in the thing costume yeah, that's and, that's what it's from is yeah it's supposed to be from that roger corman yes, movie i do and i i hate to say this i have not watched doomed but I want to. <laughs> so I'm aware of it. I'm making listener aware of it. I really think it would have been funnier if they had called it Victor Von Doomed. Victor Von Doomed. I, that I, would have been funnier. I think it's all implied there anyway. So then let's fast forward to 2005 when Fox, Fox had the rights to X-Men and Fantastic Four. They put out the, the Tim Story. I think Tim Story is the guy who directed it. Both that and the sequel. Oh, I thought they Tim Story was like Tim's story. No, Tim Story's <laughs> like, the director. That's what they put out. They put out Tim's story. He he put out that movie, and it is very much a little time capsule. The soundtrack and just everything oh, about you're it. Oh, we talking about the Jessica Alba. Yeah, Jessica Alba. Chris Evans was the Human Torch. Maria Menounos is the nurse. There's some saving graces in that movie, and you might argue with me, but I think Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis are great. They do it. They do justice to their characters. Chris Evans brings that energy and that snotty brattiness to the character, to the Johnny Storm character and the way he picks on Ben. Michael Chiklis, you, you feel bad for him. You genuinely do feel bad for him. Yeah. And um, everybody else was OK. Jessica Alba's not a great actress. Jessica by Alba is such a bad actress. Yoan Grafud as as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, is I don't know okay. what you just said. His name's like Yoan. He's Scottish or something. Yeah. Or Welsh. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Welsh. I don't know, I don't know what you're saying, but he, uh, the he's guy fine. who plays Mr. Fantastic is just boring. He's bo- right. He's, he's not he's written boring. to be anything. And he is supposed to be a nerd, but so, and again, this was pre, this was three years before Iron Man. And then Jessica Alba throws her Burberry coat on the ground <laughs> on the sidewalk. Like she just sheds it. It's like a really nice trench coat. And it's like, no, you wouldn't throw a 600 to $800 coat on the sidewalk outside a store because you're afraid of press coverage or whatever. That's Maggie's That's biggest not... gripe with the movie. I think comic book fanboys have other issues <laughs> with the movie and that it's just, it's very generic. And this was post Spider-Man. I mean, they had Spider-Man one and two were both out by then. They had some pretty decent roadmaps, but they went really cheesy with it. And at the same time, they, they, they didn't deviate from the, the the characters were actually fairly spot on, but the overall story was very generic. So Chris Evans and, and Bond Doom Doom was the worst. Doctor Doom, like, and again, they they've never gotten him correct. But man, that's when you don't have a good villain, that really hurts your movie. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't good. Yeah, fucking terrible. But like, let's so Chris Evans played Johnny Storm, right? Yes. And then he played Lucas Lee. Yes. And then he played Captain America. Yes. Has he played any other comic book characters or just uh, those three? Uh, those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Side note, the 2015 Fantastic Four reboot, Michael B. Jordan played Johnny Storm, and then he went on to play Killmonger in Black Panther. So, so we'll see what his third one is, because that's what happens, <laughs> apparently. If you play Johnny Storm, you must play three. He was kind of in a superhero movie. It was called Chronicle. He was in that. I believe, which is kind of like a, it's almost like a retelling of that uh, uh, Akira movie, the anime they used to watch. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, back to the movie. So, yeah, the 2005 and 2007 Fantastic Four movies were not great, although I don't know the, they're not the worst movies I've ever seen. I mean, I'm trying to be nice, but I barely remember the second one. But uh 
No, yeah, they're, they're not good. They're disappointing. And the, so they're a product of their time. Somebody asked sure. me because I'm very excited now. Now Disney owns Fantastic Four again. All the cinematic rights are back. And so there, eventually there's going to be Fantastic Four in the MCU. And and John said to me, well, how, how are you, you can't make a good Fantastic Four movie. And I said, bullshit. There have been two really good ones already They're called The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. Those are both essentially Fantastic Four movies, and they make no bones about it. At the end of the the first Incredibles, somebody called the Underminer shows up. That is a direct reference to Fantastic Four number one and the Mole Man. So that's that's what that is like. They they their powers, almost all their powers are straight. They're kind of traded around. So Mr. Incredible is kind of like the thing. Uh, and Elastigirl is obviously Reed Richards. You have uh, but Jack Jack's the one who catches on fire. Yeah, but Dash I was getting to but Violet can turn invisible and do yeah. the, the shields. Yeah. And Dash kind of has that cocky blonde attitude of Johnny right, Storm. But, but like not... I said, Jack Jack's the one who catches fire. Yeah. But I mean, there's three out of four are straight out of there the and their family. One. And they split the last one between two kids. And there is actually a a fifth Franklin Richards comes along eventually in the comic books. OK, calm down. He's a babe. He's he's there their son sue and reed's uh, son but he's a mutant and he's actually the most powerful mutant ever and he he's the one who alters reality I and thought scarlet witch was the most powerful she's one of the most powerful mutants she did what was the storyline that where she almost ruined the marvel universe <laughs> i can't remember those different <laughs> ones franklin richards was responsible for the onslaught storyline and Scarlet Witch was responsible Dude, if for... if you name your kid Franklin Richards, you're just like, snooty, snoot, snoots. <laughs> like, right? Like, you're just like, ooh-wee. Like, you're the kind of person who throws your Burberry coat on the sidewalk. There you go. That's, That's who, who you that. are. So this this episode is actually kind of a plea to people to give Fantastic Four a chance. I feel mm. like now that it's home, I feel like it's it's been deservedly shit on. There's been three movies now, and... I, the 2015 one wasn't the worst thing either, but it wasn't good. Like, none of them are good movies. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I I have high hopes. And, again, we have a roadmap with The Incredibles. And plus, again, with we, they, they have access to Galactus and Silver Surfer now. So, and one thing about Silver Surfer is in the original Planet Hulk comic book, which inspired Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It is not. Thor that ends up fighting the Hulk, it's Silver Surfer. So that's just a little tidbit for you, but they couldn't. Dude, they is just, Silver Surfer really like all silver? Yeah, he's just he just looks like he looks like, like the Terminator. Like the Terminator, like yeah. the T one thousand when he's changing. Yeah, that's what he looks like basically. But he's got a surfboard, and he, he surfs around in the sky. Okay, and he uh, that's he, what he I was cat picturing. floats away on his uh, skateboard. On his, yeah, his skateboard, <laughs> right? That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, but. I thought, no, you haven't seen the second Fantastic Four movie, clearly. And I only watched it once. And I, I, I might have been like in a hospital or something like I don't remember watching it at home. I don't own it. I don't yeah, know. You where might have I've had, seen that, it. That's around the times of like your second heart attack. So, OK, yeah. Sense. And but yeah, uh, so Lawrence Fishburne, I believe, did the voice of the Silver Surfer. But I, I'm pretty yeah, sure he was just I'm he looked like one of those people, one of those morph suits. The, like the way that you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> like a silver morph suit, basically. All right, shut up. The way you're talking about it is making my brain hurt. And then, like, I was picturing it. Like, that's what I was picturing was, like, T2, like, when he's morphing. Yeah. 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 
That's how it's. That's how he's drawn in the comics. Pretty okay. much, he doesn't have details. Mm-hmm. Right, but with a with a surfboard. With a silver surfboard. Cool. Yeah, cool it was cool, the sixties, cool. bro. It was cool. Yeah. Hang ten. Nope. Do you know what that refers to? Do you know what hang ten means? Um, it's when you're surfing and like you your put toes. your yeah your yeah, toes you go over the, your toes the over the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that's that meant. Weird. It's dumb. It's <laughs> dumb. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I figured it out. I'm smart. Anyway, again, this is this is a plea. Give Fantastic Four a chance. I know everybody's looking forward to what they're going to do with X Men, but I I I believe this is this is the Fantastic Four's moment. This is this is it though. Like if they don't make a good Fantastic Four movie now, then we're we're dead in the water. Like they're they're never going to. But there have been good comic book storylines with the Fantastic Four. Dan Slott is the current writer on Fantastic Four. Oh, you love him. I love Dan Slott. And there you was a run by thing. Warren Ellis on Ultimate Fantastic Four that I liked that apparently I that is not a popular opinion, but I really enjoyed his run on on the Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's such an unpopular opinion. I know people are always people telling love me. Warren Ellis, but they just did not like his take on the Fantastic now, people Four. But stop I did. me on the street and they're like, I heard your husband <laughs> likes Warren Ellis. Well, no, it's an unpopular run. opinion. So well, nobody knows about it. <laughs> people no, people tell me they're like, I heard your husband likes that. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, that's not what I and I deny it because I don't <laughs> want people to know that that's I'm a I'm Good a call. Warren Ellis denier. So <laughs> that's, that's what I am. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. You want to read some Fantastic Four comics tonight? Never. You can read them aloud. To me. Never have I ever put it to read them aloud. <laughs> It'll be sexy. <laughs> it's gonna, Before play. It's like it's it's a couple gold bedtime rituals. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I'm recovering from surgery, are you going to, like, hold me hostage and read to me? Oh, that sounds great. That's good. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> It'll b- recreate misery. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> like, it's like misery style. Except instead of breaking your foot, I'll break your shoulder. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I have. OK, now backstory, just so you guys understand. I have a shoulder that's like there's something wrong with it. I should probably see a physical therapist. I know because my doctor said you should see a physical therapist. That's all I know. Yeah. And instead, I'm just always asking Sean to feel like chicken bone my shoulder and just break it. Chicken wing. Chicken wing. I can't chicken get bone. <laughs> That's where I show chicken bone down your throat and I poke at your shoulder. <laughs> that ship has flown away. Like, I don't know any of my metaphors. <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I, I just always want ask him me to break your arm. I just want him to break I, it. Like, I'm I just won't. like, just, I was like, if you could just snap my arm, I was like, I will pay somebody on Craigslist to do it if you won't do it. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, if you could just break my she arm. Does understand that will make things worse? That's a bad thing. There's and pressure. I believe your problem is is more tendon related. I don't think yeah, it's bone related. I think it's tendon related too. Yeah, so that is not going to help at all other than distract you from the tendon pain <laughs> and introduce a whole new level of pain. <laughs> yeah, but maybe in there somehow. I, know, I guess my tendons will probably get tighter if I have a broken bone and then like it gets set in place and then I really can't move it. Yeah. My tendon will just be like, what? It's not. It's just not a good idea overall. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, a couple goals update. Uh, next week will definitely be here. The week after is questionable. Yeah, we don't know if we're going to have something the week before Thanksgiving. The week before Thanksgiving is questionable. I have surgery that Thursday. and We normally record on the weekends. So we'll see how I'm feeling and if I'm able to record or not. So 
But there might be new Rawhead reviews. Yeah, there will be Rawhead <laughs> reviews. So Maybe. And Sean's... We haven't figured out our schedule for that yet because it's it, the, edit, the editing process takes time. Yeah. And so we're 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 figuring all that out still. But we, we do want to get more and more content up is our goal. And then hopefully flesh out an actual delivery schedule. Once they have some content like a catalog, yeah. they can figure out a schedule. Um, but we're yeah. hoping to go at least twice a week is the ultimate goal to have two at least two videos a week at least. Oh, other news. November 12th. Disney Plus, Mandalorian, and you can That's watch Tuesday. Yeah. And uh the on Disney Plus, $7 a month. We are not paid for this by the way. I'm just really excited. Uh you can watch Fantastic Four cartoons. Including oh. the 90s series, and then I believe they did one in the 2000s when the movies came out. And those are both better than the movies. So you can check those <laughs> out if you're interested in some Fantastic Four stuff and you don't want to read comics. Get Disney+. Plus. There's going to be a shit ton of com content on there, including Fantastic Four cartoons. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's everything for a couple goals news, I think. Um, other places to find us. The internets. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll be back next week. We will be maybe around right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, or after. Uh, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> I have surgery on the 21st. And yeah. then it's a... Thanksgiving's the 28th. And 28th is also Sean's birthday. And then I have... I have a four to six week recovery, but like, not really. Like, it's not that I mean, serious. Yeah, you don't... But like, I don't know, dude, surgery takes it out of anybody. I yeah. don't care how major or minor it is. You just I don't even know if I'm being discharged the same day. Right. Like, so, yeah, it's not technically outpatient surgery. So yeah, I'm going to say most likely we'll we'll probably just put up a rerun the week yeah. after your surgery. But uh, so look forward to that. Yeah. And you might look forward to it. I don't know. The old episode. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah. And see, see what kind of episodes we pick. Like, yeah. it's always fun to find out. Like what kind of shit we pull and are like, hey, listen to this shit that we that we thought you might like. Right. Um, but yeah, that's everything. So that's it. Uh, hit up our our Patreon. We've changed our tiers over there. Or we will be. I haven't yet. But ten dollars <laughs> is going away. Is what yeah, Don't sign up to. for a ten dollar tier. We don't. Ten dollar tier is going away. So if you're on it, you're getting bumped down to five. We don't want your ten dollars. Take your extra five and, and spend it on something nice for yourself. Disney Plus. Yeah, it goes or you can hit up Rawhead Reviews. We're gonna have a ton of Patreon. We have already have right. a, we have more Patreon content. We haven't put it up yet, but we have a lot of because we we've, we've done a lot of uh, believe it or not, we did a lot of filming and recording to figure out what kind of format we were gonna use. So we have some of the reviews that will not be on our YouTube channel are gonna include the the Netflix movie uh, something about in the tall grass. Oh yeah! Spoiler alert. Boo. Uh, the villain of that movie is grass like that's literally the villain so that was very disappointing i thought it was just a clever title it is not so i was very disappointed in that movie anyway so, so we discussed that uh, metallica's load album is another one that'll be on there um so yeah like and and right now they have an early like an early patron deal going where it's like three bucks yeah basically so, that'll that'll eventually become five dollars but if you if you sign up for the three dollar tier now you'll get all the five dollar content for only three bucks a month but again we we haven't officially launched our patreon it is available we actually have some patrons even though we yeah, haven't been... they have like they have like more patrons than we do <laughs> right but that's all we thanks used to, to have mark more, but you know things happen uh, so 
Um, but yeah, we'd like to thank all our patrons. Yeah. So anyway, we're if you're on a $10, we're bumping you down to five. We're only going to have $1 and $5 tiers because all we're doing right now, all we can offer you is an extra episode a month most of the time. And then obviously at a dollar, you do get episodes one through 20. And we will be doing an extra episode this month. Yeah. Probably next week, actually, just to get it done. Yeah. And then we'll also have like, even when I'm recovering, we I can, we, we, we can also set up shop in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the, if, if you do just want to sign up for our $1 uh, Patreon, you do get access to our first 20 episodes, which we put behind on Patreon. Now you can't get those anywhere else now. Um, and that's just for the $1 a month. And then if you do the $5, you get the extra episode every month as well. As well as the backlog. Yes. And past. So what's cool though, like I know we had a patron, uh, patron who for the holidays needs to save, which is more yeah. than understandable. Please never feel bad about that. Yeah. If you, if you got to drop your patronage from us, don't feel bad. Yeah. Don't feel like, like yeah. I, we appreciate. Don't, yeah. Don't feel like that. Past money you've given but us and that you supported the show at all. We think always remember that like, if you do ever come back, you get that back catalog. So right. you don't lose any content. Yeah. You're no. not losing anything. So it's not that serious. And, and the video, are we going to move the videos that are on there down to the $5 tier? I just, that just occurred to me. We should probably no, do that. Not for now. No, we should do that. I think we should do that. I don't think so. Well, are they going to be for the $50 patrons? I think that's really putting a high value on our content. We'll do it eventually, but not right now. People, the people <laughs> Why do you say paid, right now? But People who paid $10 need to have that exclusive for a while, for a couple months, and then eventually oh, that will okay, drop down call. to $5. Good call. So it'll, it'll eventually go down to the $5 tier, but it's going to be a long time before that happens because those people did pay for that content. Right. And if we just released it now, that would be... That's ridiculous. That's asinine. So. All right. Cool, cool. All right. Thanks for listening as right. always. And check out Rawhead Reviews on YouTube. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>